You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Comedy Seller Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. Uh, we're here, as always, with um, Mr. Dan Natterman. Hello, Dan. How do you do? How, how's it going this week? All right. <clears throat> um, is that a rhetorical? Uh, how's it going? Yeah, that was you really, really <laughs> interested. <laughs> well, if, if there is something really worth um, pausing, yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> and... Uh, um, my name is Noam Dwarman. I'm the owner of the Comedy Cellar. We have a an A-list guest this week, especially- We who, do? Yeah, absolutely. Who's in the news this week, Judith, Judith I just Regan. want, you know, I turned everybody down but you. Did you really? Everybody. I'm not interested in talking to those people. But You're the only it, one. But is it, well, first of all, it's extremely flattering, but- Don't be flattered, but- Well, let me introduce you. Judith okay. Regan is a producer and publisher. She was responsible for publishing hundreds of diverse and award-winning authors from Howard Stern to Sean Hannity and everyone in between. Her company, Regan Arts- a, is it a division of Fiden? No, because I, no. I thought I read it. In some, no, no, yeah, everybody gets it wrong. Yeah, everybody I, gets it. Wrong. I, I read. Don't read any newspapers if you want to know anything about. But me. Aren't just you call me. Aren't you impressed that I picked up on that in yes. another column that it said that wasn't the yes. case? It's in the New York Times. That's old. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's they, like a ten-year-old story. They corrected old that. stories, and then they, you know what they do? They don't do any reporting. They just pick up old stories and copy it. That's why the facts are never right. And, and they copy it, but then they lose little bits and pieces at like Xerox of a Xerox. And Donald Trump is right. Yeah. Fake news. Uh, anyways, it's the only thing he's right about. She's publishing a political journalist Mark Halperin's new book, How to Beat Trump, America's Top Political Strategist on What It Will Take, and you're getting raked over the yeah. coals. Kill Judith Regan. I've been through this before because I've published a lot of controversial people and a lot of controversial subjects over the many, many years that I've been doing this. I've been in the publishing business for like four decades. Yeah. And uh, when I published Howard Stern many, many years ago and I did private parts, I had boxes of hate mail about Howard and Robin, anti-Semitic, racist, vicious, calling for my death. Wait, really, the, really the, nasty. The, the mail was anti-Semitic? Or, oh. or they were accusing I you mean, of being anti-Semitic? No, I mean everything. Everything under the sun. It was like, how dare I publish him? How dare I publish Robin? How dare I do any of this? It was really hateful. In fact- well, You're in, not Jewish, are you? No. Right. In- in Private Parts, the book, which I published, we used his hate mail as art, right? Yeah. But people were really upset. I also published in the same month Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh had just gone national, and he had become a very big radio talk show host at that time. Published them in the same month. Rush made, uh, Howard made fun of Rush in his book, right? And I got an equal amount of hate mail for publishing Rush. Then, I mean, over the years, I've published lots of political people. I published a very famous erotic memoir called The Surrender, which was the first really serious, and by the way, literary book about anal sex, which I published, you know, a dozen and a half years ago. Mom. I think you're not allowed to say that. My daughter's here listening to this, uh, but she's of age. Anyway, every, I was excoriated for doing that. And in the last year or so, the New York Times chose that book, which was called The Surrender by Tony Bentley, as one of the most important top 50 erotic memoirs in history. In history. Fear of Flying? 
Oh, well, that wasn't on the list. I don't that, think. That, that, no, maybe that 50? was on the list. Should, maybe it was on the, the list. It's the only one I know. Yeah. But, but times change, mores change, acceptability of different things changes. And right now we're in a moment where because of Mark Halpern's behavior towards women, which I don't agree with, which I find reprehensible. I've been through in, in the early years of my life, in my 20s, 30s, 40s, and a little bit into my 50s. I got sexually harassed. How many penises did I see? I mean, men did outrageous things all uh, the time. Could we just introduce Rosebud Baker, a writer, Rosebud. stand-up comic, just sat down. What are you doing? I'm sweating. She's going to be on the Alec Baldwin roast coming up. It's going to be shooting it in LA, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, That's a big deal. And one. a new stand-up I'm series. writing for it. A new, you're writing for it. A new stand-up series presented by Bill Burr, the, the king of everything, Bill Burr. She may be seen regularly at the Comedy Center. Okay, as you were saying. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. Well, well, I don't anal have sex. a memory. <laughs> <laughs> Why would we give it? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had the, the, the erotic memoir and, and uh, social mores yeah. change. Social mores. Well, so Mark Howell. Halpern, uh, I'm publishing his book November 1st. It's called How to Beat Trump. Uh, and there's a big brouhaha because a lot of the women that he sexually harassed or was accused of sexually harassing are outraged that I dare to publish him. That is what the controversy is in essence. And what and what's your what is your take on all this? What's, well, what's your argument it, to defend yourself? My argument is, number one, um, I believe in free speech. Number two, uh, to publish means to make public. Mm -hmm. uh, the book that he's written, he interviewed 75 Democratic strategists, very smart people. And it's a very important book. It's scholarly in some respects. Do we know who turned him down, by the way? Uh, no. We don't. No, okay. uh, I, I think most people said yes and talked to him. And then CNN, the CNN reporter went on a jihad and called all of these people to try to shame them for speaking to him. I don't believe in that, right? I believe that you should have a right. And if we measured every human being, every artist who ever lived from Caravaggio who stabbed people to Norman Mailer who stabbed his wife to William Burroughs who killed his wife to... Yeah, the many Picasso. I mean, go to so he was into teenagers. I'm Woody Allen. Go down the list. Michael Jackson, a people who have committed egregious things against other human beings, of which there are thousands. Now, Nabokov. Did he, Nabokov, did he, did he Lolita, love young girls or did he just write about them? Obviously, he did. Well, and I mean, there's so many, so many artists through the years whose personal lives we may not agree with. We might might find things about them that are personally offensive. But I have a right to publish him, and I believe he has a right to do this book, and that's how I feel about it. Yeah, well, we, we agree with you here. And, you know, the, it, the, the most disgusting, most disturbing part about it, and I'm sure you're suffering with the same frustration, is that people will try to claim that you're somehow not sufficiently outraged or bothered by horrible behavior. Which is not the case at all, I no. presume. And, and I, I no, actually figured been, you've been, I, you've been harassed been with the best it. of them. Of My wife I mean, was too. Any, I mean, most women, especially, you know, the time has changed. There's a new level of what is considered to be acceptable and unacceptable. Uh, when I was in my 20s, in the 70s, I mean, men, uh, when I was a teenager, I had two older brothers. One was a student at Yale, one was a student at Brown. When I would visit them, their friends would literally physically attack me and try to have sex with me. This is nothing new to me. And it certainly happened repeatedly in the workplace over many, many, many years. I handled it in the way that I chose to handle it. 
And there are many, many CEOs and high-profile guys and big famous people who have whipped their penises out in front of me and asked me to suck them and this wanted might, me to... But, but just this might be a good to time to, be, to bring Rosebud into yeah, the conversation. Yeah. Rosebud, have to, you had this... Well, you're young. You're young. Men are better behaved. Um, well... Not they're not better behaved or anything. I guess they are now. They are now just because they yeah. have to be. Can, can I just make the, the 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 best case for the other side, which is to say that when Mark Halpern was doing this stuff, it was not. It was already considered wildly inappropriate, I believe, and he was in a position of workplace power. It's always which unacceptable. Is, which is, in in those ways is important difference from your bro- older brother's friends. No, that, yeah. Here's my distinction. Yeah. You know. Over the years, it's become less acceptable. It was never acceptable to me. Never acceptable. And it was never accept- acceptable to use your power in an abusive way, whether it's sexual or not. That's right. And I can tell you there are plenty of women who have power who abuse their power in different ways. I'm not into abusing my power to hurt other people. I don't behave that way. I don't live my life that way. I don't approve of it. Has it happened to me? A thousand and one times. I maneuvered through the minefields of people abusing their power. Human beings are savages. They're going to do that in a thousand different ways. I don't approve of it. I think, I wish that human beings would be, would have more grace and understanding of what they're doing to other people. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't publish Mark Halpern. You have a little Camille Paglia in you, right? A little bit of her, little bit. A little bit of her attitude. Little teeny. Rosebud so, Baker, you say what as a... It's escaped no one's attention here. I imagine that Rosebud is an attractive woman uh, with, with, with good features. He didn't say that about me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old woman. I used to be attractive. Anyway. Well, you're just <laughs> But, but as, a, as, a, as a young lady in... What is I? I would imagine most people perceive as a male dom, and it is male dominated and masculine field. Yeah. What What is it like? I mean, we've asked this question to other women. I never get the answer I want. What's I the think the worst you want? part about it's it. It's fabulous. Can I be honest? The yeah, worst part about it is that question. Like <laughs> that's honestly the worst part about it. I just I don't know how to because you can't really answer that question without sounding like whiny or to you know what I mean and also I feel like I'm at I came in at a time when things are going pretty well for women in comedy like things are really picking up for us but that's the answer I want yeah (laughs) good you got it (laughs) but I think that that's like that's how I feel about it it's not um it doesn't feel like I get I don't feel like I'm treated differently I just don't I, I maybe I'm like Sometimes I'm like, am I blind to this stuff? Am I just You're not a victim. Am I like, yeah, and I don't, that's the other thing is like, I've been through actual tragedies. So I'm not like, it doesn't really, if somebody like says something to hurt my feelings, I'm not, it doesn't, it barely makes a dent. Like I can't, um, I think I'm just damaged enough to work in this industry and not have it. It it has been interesting the way like certain like tough women from the previous era, like maybe Bridget Bardot, I don't remember who it was, or uh, Sophia Loren or Angelica Houston, they, they've been through all this, yet they have kind of like, yeah, you, you, you handle it. You know, it would never stop me. I never felt like I had to. And I don't know I never, how to react to that. Well, I- But I've it, never, I mean, I've never been like assaulted. I'm not saying like, you know what I mean? Like there's things in, in this that ha- have happened that I'm like, oh, that might bother me. You yeah. know what I mean? That- like that would for sure uh, mess me up a little bit if people ignored 
my uh, my asking for help or acknowledgement. That well, would that okay. would for so, sure. So let me just yeah. tell you what what I think. What I think your book is. What's important about this moment? Maybe you don't even see it as important as I see it, which is that it's we're having a full throated embrace, basically, of the Scarlet Letter here. And uh, kind of, I've said before, like we got away from town square justice and not because the guy being punished was innocent. That's not the point. The point is that we, we have procedures to punish people mm-hmm. and you, you have procedures and we have hundreds of years of law on this. We have much of the bill of rights devoted to this. We have three levels of appeals processes all because punishing somebody is such a serious matter. And we want to throw it all away and the punishment will be doled out by the emotional Twitter-raged... Universe. Universe. With no objective standards, no uniformity, no time limit. You don't know when it starts, no when it begins. No vetting of anything. One One of the slams that's come against Mark Halpern now is that apparently to at least one of the women, he didn't apologize Directly. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. This is the MSNBC guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and my reaction was, and I, I don't know if you're allowed to say this anymore. It's like, well, maybe he doesn't agree with her claim. Like, like maybe that, because he, he, he did issue a very, one of the better apologies that anybody had issued. He is one of the And he few. said some of these things are not true. So maybe that's one of the things that he doesn't, like, why, like, like you just can't even talk that way anymore. Yeah. No. So this, so somebody has to stand against this and it's not because we're sympathetic to what he did. And let me add or what one, he may have done. Or what well he what he admitted to some of right. it. Right. He admitted to some and, of it. And and just to put the whole story out there from what I've read, he did this while he was at ABC and stopped on his own, sought counseling, moved to NBC, never had another complaint. More than 10 years or around 10 years later this came up. And this is, so he didn't just, like other people, it, uh, confess and apologize after he had been caught. He actually took care of this, got counseling, stopped, and did all this stuff. Uh, he arrested this, this stuff on his own, which normally would get some consideration. Although, what is this, going to be forever? I yeah, I mean, I don't think he, you know. That's what I've read. Yeah, yeah I don't know all the details because I have not interviewed the women, and everyone is entitled to their story. Of course. I know what he's told me, and I felt that, yes, he had made public statements. Yes, he had reached out. He, you know, it's a complicated situation. Some people want to be contacted. Some people don't want to be contacted. You know, it's a complex situation. And, you know, he consulted his rabbi. He felt, you know, he really wanted to make amends. He really did. And I know that he feels very badly about what happened. And there is no doubt in my mind that for the women who feel that harm should be done to him, harm has been done to him. And he, you know, he did lose his jobs. He did lose his livelihood. And I'm not doing doing a woe is me thing here. That is a consequence of his actions. But I do believe that people deserve second chances. They deserve to come back and work. Who are we to say that because people do things that we find offensive, they should never work again? There I is such a screaming, yelling mob No court out would ever there. do that. No, no, court, no union would allow it. 
No union would allow it in the union contract. People commit murder and go to prison and come out and people fight for their rights to have employment. Yeah. People need, in America, America is known for giving people second chances. I really believe in forgiving people. I fundamentally believe in having grace about situations where people have been broken. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways he's broken. I think it's important to reach out to people and to be kind in a bad situation, no matter what they've done. I did a book called Sometimes Amazing Things Happen, uh, which I published. It's by uh, Dr. Elizabeth Ford, who is the chief psychiatrist in charge of <clears throat> everyone who was incarcerated in Bellevue. And these are mainly Rikers patients who have mental health issues who come over there who have committed very often or are accused of committing egregious crimes. She's now like the head psychiatrist for New York City. And the book is really about understanding the role of the psychiatrist, which is even though, and she worked mainly with men at that period, even though these men have committed really horrible crimes, her job is to treat them as a doctor. And her goal is to help them to rehabilitate and to get better, right? Where is the possibility of grace that people make mistakes, that they do bad things, that they can be redeemed, that they can move forward in their lives, that they can become you know, good members of society and learn from their mistakes? Some people do, some people don't. I don't know what the story of Mark Halpern's life is going to be in the future. I do believe from the conversations that we've had that he feels very badly about the things that he's done. He's trying to be a good father to his two-year-old son. He's trying to make amends in his own way. Is he married? Still with his? Still he's with still life? with his his uh, his partner. I yeah. do. Um... So that's what I think. I think I believe in second chances. Listen. My son's father physically beat me, put me in the hospital, left me for dead in the hospital after giving birth to my daughter who died and said, I'm going to the Caribbean. This is too stressful for me. If I could find it in my heart to forgive him, people can find it in their hearts to take a look at Mark Halperin and the things that these men have done, which are egregious. But you have to let go of the anger and the hatred. I don't yeah, think it's not, good for if anybody. If not for them, then at least for you and for ourselves as a culture. Like, I think about forgiveness on a level of like, yeah, maybe this person doesn't deserve my forgiveness, but I deserve to forgive them so that I don't have to live in just feeling like shit all the time. You know what I mean? And so on a communal, on, on, a, yeah, on, a, on a collective level, I feel like we've kind of lost that, that ability to like just go, okay, you get a second chance so that we can all stop being mad at you. Like There's so much <laughs> hatred and anger all over the internet. Takes so Social much energy. media has turned up the volume on this. Donald Trump is the king of this, you know, hatred. It's so unhealthy for everybody to live with that sensibility. Yeah. I, I'm not one of those people that runs around hating people for very long. Right. <laughs> I, well, uh, no. I have uh, abandoned, several years ago, I abandoned the notion that free will exists. <laughs> and I have found, <laughs> and uh, I have found that I, not only uh, in an abstract sense, but I found that more and more I, I can really live that way and, and, and it helps me to forgive people because I just see them as, as we're all just, you know, I, I would no more be mad at somebody that wronged me than I would be mad at, at, a, at a hurricane. 
You know, it's, it's wow. a, both are forces of nature that that I'm upset about, but I don't ascribe any moral culpability. That, that's very Zen, uh, Daniel, Yeah, I don't know if I, I necessarily kind of you forgive Hitler. <laughs> what? Hitler, I'm not at, may, at, at, mad at because <laughs> are you mad at Hitler? I'm just saying, like, like how, far, how far do you want to take this? Like, uh, uh, well, I don't know how you know if somebody ever wronged me in a major way because I haven't ever really been wronged in a in a catastrophic way. So, I, but if if that happened, maybe I would. <laughs> right. I, I don't know if I could be that zen. Well, I wait. So you, you touch on you touch on some other issues here, which are which are I always think about. First of all, uh, there's so many worse or equally bad things that people do to each other, oh. which are not the cause of the day. So they will not move to uh, make sure you never work again, like beating your kids. Oh, right. neglecting your kids. Uh, or neglecting, what's yeah. worse? Now, now, rubbing your hard dick on, a, on somebody who worked, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Is it worse than uh, abuse of a child? Well, what's, no, what's, I would say it's part not. of the trap is that we it's get like, into this like comparing, comparing wounds and trauma bonding, and it's just like the most bizarre but, and shit. Let me ask you. And then the consistency, for instance, what's her name, Marianne Williamson, is that her name? Yeah. yeah. She hired this guy from Bernie Sanders' campaign who was accused of some stuff. And it was a little, but because she's kind of a ultra lefty in good standing, they kind of, she got a pass for it. And she said, yeah. basically, she said, you know, she's flaky, but sometimes she says things which I think are uh, pretty I think insightful. she says really yeah. smart. Yeah. I know yeah. Mary. Yeah. smart. Oh, you know? Like, yeah. She, yeah. she, yeah. she screwed years. up that first debate, but she's very smart. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know what we- And uh, she was saying things about forgiveness and second chance. Nothing things wrong with which, that. which every liberal I ever met until 19, uh, until 2010 would have signed on to in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, progressivism I, somehow uh, started rejecting the notions of liberalism, like forgiveness, like due process, all this stuff, free yeah. speech, all of it. You know what's, uh, I, I, is, you know, we never uh, really talk about in terms of uh, moral behavior is people that- um, manipulate uh, women or women that manipulate men. Uh, for example, you tell a woman you love her, you're going to want to spend the rest of your life with her. You have sex with her. You say, now beat it. <laughs> oh, God. Now, now, now what, what, <laughs> what is, I what is more you. morally reprehensible, that or taking out your penis? No, no, that's... That. Is that... <laughs> In I my would, book, everyone has a different book. But I would no, think, no, no, no. You don't think <laughs> that telling he, listen, this, what he did could potentially be considered. I'm not criminal. saying it's good criminal, yeah, right? And you're right; it is criminal. That, that, but it's still not worse than telling a woman you love her and then saying bait it the next day. Listen, just telling me you love me alone is enough. <laughs> you got to go to jail for that. Well, you you are incapable of receiving love. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's the joke. But yeah. Oh, okay. Well, no, because I'm I'm in that I'm in that boat. Too. Now, and look how far they're taking it because, all right, if ABC wanted to hire Mark Halpern back, um, there's a whole set of arguments there that- I mean, we don't have to talk about Mark Halpern the entire I know, time. It would come online. But publishing a book. But I also think like, that it's because well, he's it, not he's not supervising women. He's not. You don't want to buy the book. Office. Don't buy the fucking book. Yeah. It's but really I crazy. also think it's because it's Judith. I think that you think it's because it's me. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's I personal. Think, oh, wait, that's Periel, our producer, Periel <laughs> Ashenbrun. I'm it's sorry. Personal. Forgive me. I'm sorry. I think that this has been going on your Forever. entire career. Let's kill I mean, Judith. But yeah, let's kill I mean, Judith you're show. like you've always been a really strong, She's a powerful woman in. I mean, what was for years, maybe it's changed recently, like a very male dominated world. And you were always a badass, in my opinion. And you always caught a ton of shit. Like, I feel like if a man was publishing this book, people would be like, whatever. 
Probably. I mean, I know. I I, I don't know why. Speaking of books. I don't know. What why. about OJ? I bet you're right. Oh, speaking OJ. Of, well, yeah. speaking of books, so, before we get to OJ, yeah. if I may, if yeah. I may, speaking yes, you of may. books, uh, <laughs> Judd Apatow is, listens to our podcast frequently. Okay. I just texted him because I'm writing a novel and one of the characters is uh, a well-known producer. He never responded to the text. So I just want to say, Judd, if you're listening, I sent you a text. Now, um, I don't know if I have the wrong, not a text, an email. I don't know if I got the wrong email or not. And if you're ignoring me, that's fine. You owe me nothing. But if you happen to miss the email, I send you an email. I just want to talk to you very briefly so that I can research the character for this novel. And I, uh, yeah. I, I would sure like to thrilled. follow that up and say that Judd, I also emailed you. No, forget, don't. I'm waiting for you to email him. <laughs> oh, we did email Judd about doing the show, but he's in L.A., so he can't do the show. Why not? He's in L.A. and we don't he's do remote. He's done the show. He's done it. Leave the man alone. I, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Leave okay. him alone about yeah. that. But, uh, but I think he would be happy. I wouldn't have asked if I didn't think he'd be thrilled to help me. Okay. Not, yeah, no, he thrilled loves is you. a strong no, word. No, he loves but, you. He loves you. <laughs> Anyway, uh, and I'm not going to bother Judith about my novel because I don't think she does. <laughs> I don't think she does. You don't do fiction anyway. I did uh, a little book called Wicked by Gregory Maguire, which became a very big musical. Uh-huh. I have published Jess Walter, who's a very big, big novelist. Wally Lamb wrote a book called She's Come Undone. And I know this much is true. I know this much and is she's true. She's pitching herself. It's going to be a TV series on HBO. They're filming it right now with I'll Mark take Ruffalo. it under consideration. Uh, <laughs> lots and lots of fiction. Highly acclaimed. Major, major I will fiction. take it under consideration. Major. But yeah, no I one take your offer that. under consideration. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're uh, offered a publishment. Uh, I, ha- I had lunch, just by a total coincidence, with F. Lee Bailey. And, and he maintained to me that O.J. was innocent. Oh, there's a lot of delusional people And I said, there. what about the Colombian necktie? And he said, yeah, that's what happened. It's Colombian, like, like it, was, it was drug dealers. And then he said he Nonsense. had a- He said to me, <laughs> I had a script about this whole thing and uh, the Hollywood wouldn't uh, wouldn't produce it. I'm like, why wouldn't Hollywood produce it? He said, and he looked at me like I was an idiot. He goes, because Goldman was a Jew. Oh my god! <laughs> That's what he said to me, Goldman. But anyway, was he doing stand up? <laughs> no, no. So and then he and then he kind of fell asleep. So mm-hmm. so you, uh, I read somewhere that it's claimed that OJ admitted to you that he he confessed to you. Okay, so many many years ago, I got a call from a lawyer who represented OJ Simpson, and he said OJ's ready to confess. And I was like, what? Really? What's the catch? And he said, well, he'll do it in book form, but he has to call the book if I did it because he wants deniability with his children. That night, just by sheer coincidence, I was having dinner with Tom Perkins, who was on the board of News Corp, Rupert Murdoch, Danielle Steele, who had been married to Tom Perkins. And I said to Rupert, you're not going to believe this call I got today from this lawyer who claims to represent O.J. Simpson, and he says he wants to confess, and here's the condition. And he said, wow, that would be incredible. I then make the deal. Everybody understood what the terms were. It was hush, hush, hush. Book was written. Barbara Walters was supposed to do the interview with him. And on a Thursday, Barbara Walters called. ABC was going to do the interview and canceled for some reason. We had it set up for that Sunday. And I didn't want him to get cold feet and run away and say, I'm not doing it because it was like, wow, if we can get him to sit down and talk about the night of the murder, that's pretty incredible. Fox called me because they found out that Barbara had canceled and said, we want it for sweeps, but we need it next week. The interview was that Sunday. This was a Friday. I said, we don't have anyone to do the interview. 
And it was decided at that moment, since I was hosting a show on Fox, that I would do it. I said, it's a little weird to have the publisher doing it. Don't worry about it. I go. I go down to Florida. The whole thing was set up. Five cameras shoot. All the executives, all the top executives at Fox. I do the interview. I walk out. The interview was being cut but, uh, for the special, and they were cutting promos. As I was doing the interview, they sent it to Fox News, Roger Ailes. He gives his hosts his talking points, and one of them was kill Judith Regan. They used that interview to do a political hit on me, to smear me, and that was the beginning of the smear campaign against me, which incidentally had a lot to do with the FBI subpoena I'd received about a certain Bernard Carrick, who was the police commissioner, et cetera, et cetera. That's a whole other story. He, he went they, to jail, right? He did. They fired me, uh, and 12 and a half years, oh, the book was canceled, the project was canceled. The book was then bought, uh, take it, the rights were taken over by the Goldman family, and when they read the book, they were like, this is a confession. That's because they, they, had, they had a judgment they were trying against to collect. Against OJ. Yeah. They, they published the book. The book was a, a big bestseller. Twelve and a half years later, last spring, I got a call from Fox saying, oh, we're going to run the interview, which they did last spring. Great acclaim. Amazing interview. This is a confession. Did one reporter writing about Mark Halperin, the author of a soon-to-be bestseller called How to Beat Trump, (laughs) did one reporter mention that? No. They said, oh, she got fired over the OJ thing. She only does scandalous things. They did not mention any of these facts, which are important. The book was canceled. It died. No, it didn't. It was a number one New York Times bestseller. The interview, you know, went away. No, it didn't. It aired on Fox last year to great acclaim. That's the story. So what, I didn't see the interview. What, what, what's Go, go what? on fox.com and look up the OJ confession. It's unbelievable. It's a confession? It's a confession. I got a note from Dr. Drew who said, who taught you how to interview like that? I got a note from an NCIS investigator. What's that stand for? Uh, they, he, he was the guy who investigated the, uh, the terrorists down in uh, Guantanamo. And he said to me, where did you learn that technique? Because when I did the interview with him, I didn't sit and like, I didn't sit in judgment. I just asked him questions and another question and another question. And I just remained expressionless. And as I'm talking to him, he's getting more and more comfortable. And you'll see in the interview, it's absolutely riveting. He starts talking about how she had it coming and she should have listened to me. And I told her this would happen. And he talks about the night of the murder. But where, where can and I, the wow. blood being everywhere. Where can it's you see unbelievable. This? On Fox.com. Go to, Fo- go to the Fox website. I mean, how come this OJ is Confession. I'm sure it's on YouTube Because as well. none of the reporters from the New York Times to the idiot at AP, to all of these idiots who write about it, what they do is they pick up a story that's 14 years old and they rewrite it and they don't do any fact checking and they don't do any reporting. And it's only about clicks. Everybody wants to get clicks. Nobody yeah. wants to actually tell the truth about it. It seems to me that your, your opinion of the media, if, if this is possible, is even worse than Donald Trump's opinion of the media. <laughs> I think we share an opinion because, you know, when you've been the victim of it for so long and you see, you know, I know reality. I know what happened, right? This isn't secondhand. It happened to me. And so I have a whole different idea. The stuff that, that went on was just incredible. Journalists were paid to smear me. It's, un, it's an unbelievable story. 
People claimed, oh, I'm her best friend. I've known her for years. No, actually, I met you once when I was 18. And that's the last time I saw you. You're not an expert, you know, on a 60-year-old woman. This is insanity. It's insanity. But that's the world we live in. Is there any book that you wouldn't publish? Like, I, I don't know which of these latest oh, sure. mass shooters is of still course. alive. Would you There's publish a, a book books. by one of those? By- I mean, look, it's, it's the, the decision to publish somebody is, is my personal decision, right? Uh, and I'm sure you feel the same way about who you book, right? Of course, there are issues of taste. There's issues of, you know, things that are personally like I just couldn't do it. But I have published a lot of people I don't agree with. I've published a lot of people that I think are reprehensible. But there are certain there's there's there are certain people that I just wouldn't publish because it's my personal choice. No, Noam, I, uh, if I could, you, you mentioned Noam's booking uh, policy. Yeah, you alluded to it. Yeah, I think I can speak to that. Okay. Uh, Noam makes it's a point of pride with Noam to separate his personal feelings from who he books. And I've often maintained that if you hate somebody, they got a better shot of being booked here. Because I want to show you're, you're trying to show them about the frame. Because you're yeah. trying to make to, to overcompensate. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying I'm trying, yeah, but I don't have there's higher stakes when you could publish something which could potentially inspire people to do terrible things. And and I guess that would be the only thing that I would consider not publishing. I don't know if that would be, but the idea of, uh, other than that, someone reprehensible, uh, I don't see, I would publish that. People, It's interesting to people. Look, you'll you'll learn about someone. I understand why to, it's bad for him to be publishing a book, but we're all watching true crime documentaries. Thank like you. it's. Or go see Mike Tyson on Broadway. Like, you know? like what are we? What right. is the standard? Or go see Bill and Clinton. Also, right. I mean, how many hitmen? You know, yeah. uh, Sammy the Bull killed, murdered dozens of people. Harper Collins published his book. No one said anything. We literally oh, had uh, Zac Efron play Ted Bundy. Yeah. What is going on? What's the guy who wrote uh, Goodfellas, the actual original book? The uh, and think of all the money being made off of um, off of historical tragedies. Oh, I don't yeah. know if this is of any relevance, but you know, I mean, look, we're I'm, not for Hitler. Uh, there's billions of dollars being uh, made, and, and great movies, and great entertainment, and great, entertainment. And great comedies, even. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, look. It's a personal choice, and and that's it. You know, has anything? Has any? Have you ever regretted any book that you published? No, never. I mean, there are plenty of people I haven't enjoyed working with, and they're horrible. <laughs> but I, I just, I, I'm not somebody who is regretting anything. Another interesting thing about the Mark Halperin thing was to see how people like uh, Mika Brzezinski and what's about you? Don't want me to talk about Mark Halperin. Well, I'm just, I'm it's, just it's only, wondering. It's only whether, in every newspaper in the country this week. The average, <laughs> the, the average raw dog listener. I don't, I don't care. I didn't really know who Mark Halperin. Well, anyway, is that uh. Uh, people who knew him all of a sudden were turning themselves into knots, like to you know people who would normally just come down like a like a ton of bricks on somebody. All of a sudden, when there's a little personal relationship there, they're looking for every out they can find to forgive him, as they should, like normal oh, yeah. people. But listen, a lot of the uh, the CNN reporter who went after every person who was interviewed for the book, which I think is also reprehensible that he did that. Um, you know, some of them were like, oh, well, I wish I hadn't done it. David Axelrod. Axelrod. Yeah. What a wimp. Can I just say that on the record? <laughs> what a wimp. You certainly Why can. Why is he being so spineless? He did the interview. I, get, I did the interview. It's an important book. It's an important piece of history. I gave him the information. And that's that. He's being spineless because of the reality of the world that he's living in. We all know it, which where anybody can be canceled or at any time. And everybody's scared. That's I'm so scared. Awful. We're all scared. You're scared? I'm scared yeah. of many things. That's not one of them. <laughs> You're not afraid of being I mean, canceled? I'm not afraid of being canceled. <laughs> we went through, you don't know the whole story, but we yeah. went through a terrible time here 
when we chose to put Louis C.K. back on stage. And by terrible, and he means publicity you couldn't <laughs> buy. <laughs> 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 terrible. <laughs> no, it was, it, it was, it had all the, all the same. You were name called. Well, no, we had uh, threats of violence, yep. death threats, people yep. talking about my kids. We had boycotts. We had, we, we, all, the whole, all of it. And it's outrageous. scary, you know, and then when you, when you live through it and it's okay, then you're I've been through oh, yeah. it so many times. It's just, it's like nothing to me. Yeah. It's nothing. It, but it, it's reprehensible and you have to have a really thick skin. And for me, like, I believe that what's right is right. And that's it. Yeah. I'm that's with it. you. That's I, the it, end it, of it. I'm with you. Unless, There's uh, no waffling Unless it costs here. me a lot of money. <laughs> 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 well, that is the thing. Every, no, you know, of course. Well, you're a livelihood. I, you know, I, I told I'm at the story. end of my true. game. You, that's not well, true. Well, I told the story on the air before it was true. My wife... God bless my wife because it's very, very stressful when you go through all this. Very. And you don't and know. unfair. And you don't know how it's going to play out. And I said to my wife, sweetheart, what if this affects our livelihood? You know, we have a very nice lifestyle now. She said, I've had less before. She didn't. She didn't. See, that's a good person. You that's married. Well, but that's like those people saying, no. I'll move to Canada no, if no, Trump no. wins. They, ne <laughs> they never thought it would actually happen. <laughs> no, 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 no. Dan, you're, you're making a joke. You don't know. You don't, and you don't know what. Uh, it means it, the alternative. If you're married and you're dealing with all this stress, and your wife is then bitching about it, and we're, it it could really put you over the edge. Yeah, she's supportive but, and loving, and she and, has good values. And she was ready to, but of course, even with her and with me, at some point, yeah, we would buckle, and we're not going to, you know, just sell everything just for for Louis C.K. People, he wasn't our friend; he was just a principal for me that I didn't want. Yeah. I didn't want to get pushed around by you the mob. You did the right thing. Yeah, and I, I thank admire you. that a yeah. lot. Thanks. I really yeah, do. It, it, the idea of, of it was our time to push back against the mob. I didn't want to be part of that. Those people who I didn't want to be David Axelrod and be called a wimp. Yeah. And I wanted to be able and to the defend it. The way you handled it was very elegant and graceful. Wow. Thank you very much. Can we? Um, Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Can we? Can but we? But it was scary. Go ahead, Dan. Briefly um, yeah. talk about uh, uh, the Comedy Cellar television show. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Judith. I'm not familiar with anything. I'm old. Okay. Well, you look great. You said you were. You said you were. No, I'm sick. 66. You, oh, you're sick. You're wow. kidding. Wow. You are kidding me. No. I tried. You know, I I knew you were going to tell some stories <laughs> about being. Was yesterday. I I knew I'm you were going to tell some today. stories Happy about being birthday. sexually harassed coming up. Oh, the and, penises and, I've seen. And, oh and so, so I went online and tried to find a, a, a young the Judith Regan. I got yeah. young Judith. Hot, and right? you were hot. Very hot. You're still hot. No, no, no. I was hot. Back in the day, yes, the penises they hot. came out wherever I went. If I were going to grade like, you on, put a, it away. If I were going to grade you on a curve, yeah. I would say you are a, a, a top one percent of sixty-six year olds, <laughs> where you were probably in the top fifteen percent of thirty-year-olds. So, so in a certain well, way, you've gotten hotter. I, Thank I, you. If you had told Thank me you, you were <laughs> in a certain way, yeah, you okay. look. I don't know if you've had uh, no. work done of any no. kind. No, you look no absolutely. Botox, nothing. No, I am. Just there's bad a habits. word. I'm, I'm your dermatologist. No dermatology. No just, dermatology. Just, you and Trump, good genes. Just aging. <laughs> I, well, I'm blown away, and, Ooh, and, and that, that's a word. I don't say that very often. Before my eyes, it's all falling south. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we have a TV show. I say yeah. we. It's 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 Gnome Show, <laughs> co-produced by Ray Allen. Um, <laughs> That's called This Week at the Comedy Cellar, and every week we talk about news of the week in stand-up form. Okay. And we just ended our second season. I was wondering, and I know Ro Rosebud, Bravo. Uh, yeah. how many times Last, do you appear on it this season? Um, I've appeared on it twice. I did The Table, and then I did, uh, 
I've done a lot of the tapings. I I was on uh, not last week, the week before. You're, you're in the rough cut this week, but but you know that changes. But I saw it this morning. You're you're. I, I think that, I think they pulled some joke from a different week. Oh, from a different week. At the, and they put it in this. They week. they oh, didn't cool. use they didn't use me at all this season. And Ray, Ray Allen insists that's anti-Semitism, but I I I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's that. I will say it's not. Oh my god. I, I do think it's not necessarily. Uh, because I didn't have any good stu- things to say, but I think there's many factors afoot. But I've learned to, I, I'm over it. You're all with it. Well, I'm, they I'm no, they had no choice, Dan. Because of free will? For the free will. You're right. By the way, I think you need to let your listeners know that we are sitting in a sauna. Okay, okay. Are put they, the AC, we turn off. Yeah. Anyway, no, what are your thoughts? By the way, my this, bangs is, are this is called really a sweat lodge. There's a 66-year-old woman and she's hot. Yeah, I, I can't Put even the wear these on. headphones. It's like, I mean, <laughs> well, but Hello. I love Rose, yeah. Rose, but I love your bangs. I don't know. It'll get cool Thank in a second. You. You Thank know. you so much. I'll die with them. So I appreciate that. <laughs> but I was wondering, Noam, by the way, yeah. just uh, what are your thoughts on the se- on season two? And will there be a season three of This Week at the Comedy Cellar? Well, the ratings last, for, I, I, I don't want to waste everybody's time, but the, for well, the, the ratings, I mean, not I mean, a waste I guess of time. I'm, the ratings last week were our best ratings ever. Wow. That's great. Uh, awesome. I got a very positive uh, email. Uh, um, Trump. Uh, Trump was on. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much to... Melania to, came on naked. <laughs> I wish. Uh, I don't know how much to read into that, but I, I, hope, I hope for a third season. And, uh, you know... What for, can I tell you? Well, it, look, ultimately the show is good for me because I make a little bit of money. But I must say it's endlessly frustrating every week. <laughs> Not not being used, but but again, I'm 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 well, dealing yeah, with. Know, that. Let me tell you, I don't. Know if I, I, talk, I didn't talk about my health scare on the air, did I? No, I don't think so. You had health scare. I now had, I'm getting so, so I I had like a two week health scare, which took me out of the loop on this show for a while, which maybe is part of the reason you didn't get on. But I was sure I'm I'm absolutely fine. But I was sure I had colon cancer. You and I Howard Stern. Sure, yeah. Well, <laughs> And, oh, and God. I was just, and I, you know, what goes through your head when you think you're, I have young children. Why did you think you had colon cancer? I had abdominal pain and. You had gas. No, it wasn't gas. And, um, <laughs> and then I, I, I took a blood test and I had some high markers of things which could be cancer, but which could be nothing. And then. Did you have a colonoscopy? I'd had one four years ago. Which is not like last year, and you know, if yeah. you research it, I just had one a few days ago. Not it's bad, fabulous. Right? Do you know that every year, and every two years afterwards, there's a large number of people who die of colon cancer after having recently had a colonoscopy. It's not like oh, this, then why bother? Well, or why not have it more often? So, I, so I was reading about this. Once I was reading a month. all the studies. I, I want to have it every year. And anyway. I mean, it's it's life changing. I don't know if you've ever if you've ever been through it. It's life changing when you think you're going to die. Yeah, and you're worried about your kids and who's going to raise them. And, I mean, it's just the whole thing. It was the worst two weeks of my life. And um, anyway, I'm fine. But it took me out of the loop. I did not have the the head for the show, and then I couldn't you, get back into did it. Did it make you more forgiving and graceful? If for a very short time. Yeah, for for, for an evening. <laughs> for an how, did, how did you find out? If you didn't have another colonoscopy, how did you find I had out? A cat, you had a cat scan. Okay, they don't need to do a colonoscopy. They, they did a CAT scan of your colon? No, they did a CAT scan of my whole... I feel like GI. you're always like, yeah. nervous that like, you have Well, you know, your colon is your entire disease. large intestine, I, so it I wraps around. Too, though. Yeah. I'm constantly worried He's that I'm dying. He's always saying that he has like, Alzheimer's oh, or God, some crazy like, thing. I don't Alzheimer's. remember that. <laughs> well, one, now, one at a time. Now, Rosebud, Rosebud you're a, you're, I'm not going to ask your age. It's not polite, but you're, you're in your... Early 30? Late 20? I, I'm well, not going to ask ju- your You're age not going to ask my age, but you're going to guess it, <laughs> which is going to lead to it. That's going to be worse. But that's not worse. bad for 130 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, first of all, I would, if I had to guess your age, 
because I know how experienced a comic you are, and you're working regularly at the cellar, so you, you probably have 10 years of comedy under your belt. No. No, how many? No, I've been in comedy for five years. Oh, so you might still be in your 20s. Uh, wait, what's the she's question? What's the question? She's, she looks like she's in her 20s. I just assume because of the comedy experience. I'm in my I, 20s. Let's, okay. well, I'm in my 20s. We'll okay. say that. <laughs> I'm giving her the Larry David look. Now, I, I was, I was a hypochondriac in my 20s, but I was unusual. I thought I was having, at 15, I thought I was having heart problems, but that's unusual. I was a prodigy. But, uh, <laughs> but for you to be in your 20s having health concerns, I, would, I think that says something about your psychology. Uh, yeah, for sure. Or, for your, sure. or I'm, your habits. I'm, yeah, both, it's yeah. habits, psychology. Um, I'm not parenting. in my 20s, by the way. But, I, but yeah, I do. I, I think I got it from my mom because every time I would get like a, like if, I, if she saw a mole on my arm or something, she'd be like, what's that? We got to go to the dermatologist. You probably have cancer. Your dad gets cancer all the time. Like my dad would get skin cancer like it was the flu. And <laughs> it spent was, a lot of time in the sun. We're all Irish, so it's just oh. like we really You're do. You're born like, with skin cancer. Yeah, yeah. we're literally born do, with do it. Do you You're know that they say that one bad sunburn, even in your childhood, significantly increases your risk of skin cancer? You need I, to stop reading I'm these so things. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, it's I know how to beat now. Trump. <laughs> I'm so glad I never sat in the sun. I was always like, I was always too impatient to do that. So, and I think it helped me. And my my sisters all lay out in the sun, and I look at their skin, and I'm just like. <gasps> You're did you ever? You, your skin is so good. Did you? Did you stay out of the All sun? The, no, I was in the sun. I just a bad habit. I just did terrible things. It's not. That's fair. just genetics. You just. It's like I'm half you, Irish, and and you have longevity, and you two parents over ninety. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of longevity. Does that give you a comfort to know that your parents? Are, no, because I don't want to. Let me tell you something. When you're in your nineties and in your hundreds, my grandmother lived into her hundreds. Just not that much fun. It's just a lot of pain and suffering. Yeah, who wants to and live whining for and complaining for your yeah. children? That's you know Judaism, I mean? yeah. though. No matter what, though, we start that very early. Um, it doesn't matter how old you are. In your teens, <laughs> I think everybody turns Jewish once they turn ninety. You know what I mean? Like I think. No, gets... my mother's been complaining since uh, you know I was born. I was sure your mother was Jewish when oh, no. you told my me mother, that story. My mother's grandmother was Jewish, but she was raised as a Catholic. It's a long story. You can't get away from it. You do no, have a Jewy quality to you. That's, a that's a, com a, com a compliment. It's a compliment. I have a Hebrew name. Yeah, well, no, I was just sure like a, you were well, Jewish. You know, it's funny. When I go to the, when I, when I've traveled in the Middle East, people always think I'm Jewish because yeah. my name is Judith. I'm from New York and, you know, I have an affect, the affect of a New Yorker. Of, of Jew, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I was, I was, before the war, I actually went to Syria and I was visiting artists and art dealers there, and we were having a dinner, and they're really lovely people, and they were like, you know, we love the Jewish people. We love the Jews, and I'm like, me too! <laughs> I assume. Everyone, everywhere I go in the world just assumes I'm Jewish. By the way, what did you think about uh, Trump? What did he say about the uh, oh, saying? Ridiculous. You're that if you're disloyal. You're disloyal if, you're, yeah. if you're Jew, you're, if, you, if, if you don't you, support him, you're disloyal to you. Yeah. I mean, it's such an outrageous... Uh, another psychotic comment does Halpern uh, is he going to come down hard on Trump yeah I mean I think he gives credit where credit is due and says he's a very good politician in a lot of ways 
but you know, obviously believes he needs to be beaten and yeah. uh, he's dangerous. Because I, I yeah. thought he was sorely missed on Morning Joe all Because he's a really bright guy and he really understands politics in a way that a lot of people don't. I, I thought he would have pushed back a lot against what became basically groupthink on that show and yeah. just kind of, I started calling it Morning yeah, Grudge. Yeah, he was really yeah. smart. He was he's really very smart. smart. I used to, I didn't. He wouldn't have fallen for the Russia thing so, so no. easily like they did. No. They were calling everybody, everybody they were calling everybody Russian agents. I know. Yeah. He's very measured, and the book is very um, multi-layered. Who's it's the guy that was really smart also book. that worked with him? That worked with him on the circus. Um, Heilman. Was, oh, the yeah. guy that co-wrote yeah. Game Change with him. Yeah, yeah. Well, is he yeah. still on MSNBC? Because yeah. I yes, stopped he watching. He's on the circus. He was on saying that Devin Nunez was a Russian agent. Like they've they've lost their minds. I know. And also, they were going to write a book together. It got canceled. And he has really great information for that book. It's a really important piece of history that should be written. Uh, I I heard since then that that. Halpern was by far the senior partner in that duo. That's what somebody told me. And you may not be able to comment on that, but that's what I heard that, uh, anyway. Well, he's, I, he's a I, very bright guy. You know, I've had a lot of people call me, uh, and congratulate me and tell me that I'm doing the right thing. Uh, including this amazing man up in Canada who is a screenwriter. He wrote, he wrote, uh, a, a screenplay called in darkness, which was nominated for an Academy award, best foreign film in Poland. And it's a it's a it's an amazing movie about redemption. It's about a Polish Catholic guy who's kind of a petty criminal, and he saves this Jewish family, and hides them in the sewers for two years. And he starts off in the beginning; he does it for money, and he's kind of greedy, and you don't like the guy. But then over time, he gets attached, and he ends up when they run out of money, he keeps them there, he feeds them, he brings them clothes, and he keeps them safe and saves their lives. And it's, it's an important movie about redemption. It's a true story. And he read the whole thing about Mark Halpern, and he sent me a note and said, uh, although, like you, I may disagree with his actions, you're making the right decision by publishing him, and I'm very pleased that you're doing that, and I will buy his book. So there are a lot of people who are very thoughtful, intelligent, measured, sensitive, kind people who understand how important it is not to just annihilate people and eliminate important stories when they need to be told. Speaking of redemption, can we touch a little bit upon um, Rosebud's journey, Mm. if we may? I I believe and I read that you were a recovering addict. Yeah, yeah. What kind Uh, of addict? uh, Alcoholic. Alcoholic? Yeah, but pretty much whatever was around. I haven't drank or done anything in... Probably 12 years in September. Wow. Since you were 10. Since I was 10. (laughs) I got sober when I was nine years old. (laughs) I had a full-blown meth habit by the time I was eight. And uh, no, I just... Is it in your family, uh, alcoholism? Yeah. She said she was Irish. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) Oh my God, you're fired. (laughs) Thank God we can still make fun of white people. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, On both sides. It's uh, on my mom's side. I got, uh, my grandmother died of uh, alcoholism. I mean, she got drunk. She fell, she passed out with a cigarette, a lit cigarette, burned her whole house down. You see a book book in this? This is such a funny show. I love this show. Well, but you know, of course, many comedians have this kind of background. Oh, hello. I'm half Irish. Yeah. And then my dad's (laughs) side, they were, uh, you know, my my uncle met his wife in rehab. Everybody, everybody's fucked up. And, you know, and so I knew a lot about alcoholism. I, my, my own mother got sober. So I knew about, I knew about it. And then 
I mean, what is it? You know, I'm so, I, it's something so foreign to me because I, I have a drink, enjoy it, I put it down, and that's the Goyim are different. I hate Dan. people. They're not like you and me. It's well, like you can, never, you can put a drink never. down, so you don't even have to finish it. No. You just sit, have it. I put it. I enjoy I just, it. When people don't I have a nice finish buzz their going drinks, and I want to throw their drink off the table. It drives me crazy. And it's been 12 years. And if I have more than even three in an evening, my next day is completely shot. Oh, yeah. That's, I think, for anybody. I, I, so is this a physical addiction? You drank, you, you had your first drink, and then you're like. Uh, yeah. But I tried to control it from the first time I did it. The first time I did it, I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. This is what I'm meant to do. To drink. Yes. Yeah. It's a brain thing. Yeah. You know, there's an addictive like, this is response my in the brain. This is what I'm Boom. built for. You're off to the races. Yeah, Some people have can, it with sugar. It's just something I right? can't, I could never understand because I Frito, don't have it. So Frito-Lay, potato yeah. chips. You know, they studied salt, sugar, and fat and the perfect combination of those things. Billions of dollars were spent to trigger an addictive response in the same part of the brain yeah. that alcohol triggers in some people. And, um, you know, thankfully, I don't have that. Yeah. addictive response but there were lots of relatives of mine that did yeah and it's not you know i ended up adopting my niece's two children because she's an alcoholic and a drug addict and mm. you know was neglecting the kids and they got taken away by child protection and then they got molested i mean it's a whole horrible story and you know my job is to educate them because they have parents who are addicts yeah and you know how dangerous it is and how tragic it is right really really a tragedy for people who can't control it it's really yeah my wife has so a touch she'd never been out al- i'm sorry thank yeah. you she'd never been alcoholic but she will tell me that if she has one drink i'm like well when is it enough she goes like it's never enough like she yeah. al- like it's always an act of will for her to stop having another drink right in- until she's just sloppy drunk and so but she does manage to to um have the willpower yeah whereas I, if I've had two drinks, I'm like, no, no, I don't want another drink. Like, what, are you crazy? I'm, yeah. I'm already, you know. But that's, as you say, I think you're just born with that. Yeah. The way, yeah. The way yeah. every drug it's affects the way your people brain differently. Works. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's been so long now that I'm like, oh, yeah, I could try it again, but I'm like, no. I'm, it's not even worth no. it. No. Smoke weed. You know, I don't need to be talked down. It, <laughs> stop. I'm like, I just don't, I'm just like, yeah, oh, I could probably do that. And then I'm like, I don't, it's not worth it to me to even try that because it's like. You can't do it. I've known so many people. I've never seen, you cannot have just one. Not yeah. quit smoking, not quit drinking. Yeah, that's nothing. how I am with cigarettes. Yeah. Not and going, I'm like not that with vaping to, now, which is, oh, everybody hates the, yeah, vaping. The, I mean, I they hate Not it. even going back to an ex. You can't, yeah. you can't do <laughs> it just man. once. Yeah. Yeah. Before you know it, you're right back yeah. in the routine. <laughs> I think vaping is harder to stop than cigarettes. Yeah, it wow. is because I can do it whenever I want. Exactly. And I've I've literally woken myself up reaching for yeah, my yeah. vape, and and you don't take it out of your mouth. Like I started vaping. I've been like an on again, off again smoker forever, and I'm like a crazy cigarette addict. I haven't smoked in a long time. So hard. But then I started vaping, and I was like, oh, this <laughs> this is fine, right? Yeah. But it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. I'm just doing it all the time. Yeah. Well, oftentimes alcoholics, when they stop drinking alcohol, they replace it with caffeine. Yeah. Or, or cigarettes. They, Sex, you know, caffeine, cigarettes, food, shopping. shopping uh, in, in your case, working, candy, okay. so, working. So, so this is two different things going on then. Then, yeah. then you're also talking about an addictive psychology, which is looking for something. For outside to, things to, to make you feel to, to better on the inside. satisfy kind of a general urge yeah. for But I've something. been sober for long enough now where it's like, I've done that. I did that probably for intensely for like seven years. And then finally, 
my experience being sober is it's kind of like a meditative way of living because you're just running into a wall over and over again until you finally just go, until you just get so exhausted that you're like, I'll just accept where I'm at and that's all I can do. Fine. Right. And that's like, that's how I live when, my when, life. I'm just when like, you, so fine. that's something, that's when something you, I don't <laughs> see. My, my wife doesn't have that. My wife is not looking to replace alcohol with something else. Yeah. She's just vulnerable to when alcohol. When you, yeah. Rosebud, when you're at your wit's end, when, you know, when, uh, in life, when life uh, is, is being a little harsh on you, yeah. what do you turn to? To uh... I just cry. Uh, it's like, that's <laughs> it. That's all I could do. I, I just have to have, I have to have the open heart of a toddler or else <laughs> I'm going to fucking drink. That's, that's like what it is. And, and there's nothing I can do about it. You I, know? What do you do? Wait, well, there's a number of things. First of all, napping. I, I mean, I have that luxury. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as somebody who doesn't, you know, work nine to five. Yeah. Also um, like a toddler. Yeah. Um, Sleeping. Yeah. yeah. Just be isolation. Just pooping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just being, you know, just shutting out the world. If it's, if the world becomes too much, I, I shut it out, you know? Yeah. Um, right, we, and we, then there's always Xanax. If it's, oh. <laughs> well, if, but only in, in the most extremely, anxiety provoking situation. You know what? I will take a melatonin. I took a melatonin the first time I did the taping here. Cause I was like, I had just passed. What is melatonin? What does it do? It's a hormone. Natural, it's a natural like hormone, relaxer. but it makes you tired. And I was so nervous for the taping and having just passed here and wanting to do well at the club. And then also wanting, and I was just like, I got to do something it's just to calm my self did it, did down. Did you go to sleep? No, I couldn't. It was, she fell asleep and missed it. Ever, barely, you, it barely did anything. Have you ever taken any of these Xanax, Prozac? No, I don't do anything. Does anybody no, meditate? No. I meditate. Yeah, I started meditating. That, I feel like. Is, I hate it. Does yeah, it cut I, down on the smoking? I hate it too. It's yeah, so I boring. mean, no, it's a huge, I mean, I feel like it's changed my life. All right, we got to wrap it up. By the way, you're a publisher. Did you know, I'll ask you, Dan, is art form one word or two? I, well, if I had it, I would probably spell it as two words. I don't know. You would, huh? I, I'm not sure. Well, I, I, I assumed it was one word or at least hyphenated. It's two words. Art form? Yeah. Art form. Like that's the best, that's, you know, it's a beautiful art form. I think that's crazy. Well, change it. It should. Well, you know, I've taken, I don't know. You can do that. I have taken to, I, I object to this thing in language. I have taken to hyphenating. Any two words that, that I you think want to have together that it should be taken in as a chunk. Mm -hmm. I, I don't under, it doesn't make sense to me. I can't wrap my brain around the idea of a That's space between now. one thing. That's it makes now. way more sense. Do it. Do right? it all go day for, long. Go for it now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in this age thing. of emojis and and well, why can't I hyphenate? Yeah. But uh, you can actually just. <laughs> I'm all. There's probably going to be some group out there that's going to get upset about your hyphenating. I think that's <laughs> one thing millennials <laughs> have done. They changed. They've changed language a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. They really have the way that they've like. Uh, like, we'll send things like if you put a period at the end of a sentence, it's like, why are you mad at me? Yeah, like well, if you, well, if you, texting has changed. Te yeah. Texting has its own language. Texting, social media, all of it. It's has its changed own grammar language. a lot. Yeah, but if you put Do a period at the end of a sentence, I'm like, oh, he's well, pissed. emojis are also another way of communicating that that are quite valuable. You know, I mean, I be which at first I thought emojis. Uh, this is stupid. Yeah. And now I come to rely on them to express... They're going to replace language. Yeah. Well, I, don't know you, I don't know if you can replace language with emojis, but I they... I don't know. You know I think you we're going to become more and more visual. 
and less and less focused on words. But how do we ha- do that in a personal conversation? You can do that via texting, but you can't yeah. do that in a personal conversation. I don't know. The, the population is getting more insane by the minute. Unless we just all <laughs> just show each other... Less literate? We just have our phones on us, and instead of a conversation, we're just showing each other memes. You on, know? on your, do, do you <laughs> tweet? Which could happen, I suppose. Uh, occasionally. Do you, do, on your Twitter profile, do you identify he, she, or you, the, the, the pronouns okay, that you want to be okay. known Listen, by? Listen, I'm 66 years old. I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm a she. Hello? Yes, that's what I am. I can't think of myself in any other way. Elizabeth Warren is identifying her her like some of the some of the She le- is? Yeah, she identifies on her Twitter like that she's a she or or whatever it is. Why are you rolling your eyes? Is she in it? This is so stupid. She, it's like, yeah, we see that. Like it's not like nobody thinks you're gender neutral, Elizabeth. <laughs> what is going what on? What about you? I'm a he. I'm all I'm all he, baby. You're all he. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Like it's like it's cuckoo land. All right, it's we, crazy. We, we got we got to wrap it up. I, just before we go, do you have any good Fox News stories? Any good Roger Ailes stories? Because I have so many. Roger I was I was a big. I mean, people roll their eyes, and but I was never embarrassed about it. I was a big Fox News watcher mm-hmm. for years, mm-hmm. and as soon as Roger Ailes died, I thought I saw it slipping, and now I find it totally unwatchable. Yeah. So I think there was some magic sweet spot that he had well, he the was sense a to maintain. He was a genius. He was a really, really brilliant guy. He really understood television. He understood communications. He understood propaganda. Uh, he understood talent. You know, he was not a man without enormous talents. He was just a really creepy, complicated, dark guy. Is that movie he out did. about him yet? Uh, yeah. Well, the uh, series is, the Showtime series. Have you well, watched it? No. Him watching. No. You, you not, I lived it. You, you, <laughs> I don't uh, need to watch it. And that book yeah. was awful. I hated the book. Well, great men are of, seldom good men, as it as the saying goes. That is very often true. So uh, he, behind every great fortune is a great crime. Well, I've heard that said as well. Although mm. I'm not so sure that there was a great crime behind Facebook. Uh, I don't. Facebook know. was the crime. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Save that for another day. I, I think that Roger Ailes, I, I got the feeling that through it all, he kind of enjoyed a good debate. Like he, he, he's, he did. And, and they don't have good debates on, yeah. on Fox Well, anymore. he also engineered them and gave them the questions to ask yeah. the hosts. You know, he did a lot of the producing himself. So he was very, very hands-on and involved in those debates by forming, you know, the questions that should be asked. He was a brilliant guy. I'll give him that. He wasn't very nice to me. He wasn't nice. He but he kept on the air me. for 10 years. I got him that job. You got him the job? Yes. How's that? I did. I introduced him to Rupert Murdoch over lunch, and uh, he hired him. Why did you know him prior to that? I knew him through Rush Limbaugh. He was Rush Limbaugh's producer. Oh, he produced the Rush Limbaugh show on TV, yes, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. That. And yeah. he was running uh, People Are Talking, which was a network. Um, he was running that network at the time. And, you know, Roger was the kind of guy who could get it done. He would break a lot of rules, and he would act like a pig, but he got it done. Yeah. Well, yeah. I liked right. him, even though I Words disliked to live him. By. Well, she, she, you know, <laughs> he, he apparently did it. Like, Shepard Smith, um, if I recall right, he almost began to cry when he talked about Roger Ailes. At, yeah. after. He, was, he was a great character. He did bad things to me, but he was a great character, which gets me back to forgiveness, grace, moving on, and giving credit where credit is due. All right, that's a good well, way the to great end, just like we began. A- well, I say the great characters often are, you know, very difficult people. So you, 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 you know, you can't have everything. 
All right. Yes. Uh, Judith Regan, it's I'm, I don't know how we got you on the show. Like I, I just this fabulous woman called. She's me. terrific, right? She is. Thank she you. is a plus. Um, if yeah. in case I, anybody, I don't want to talk to anyone else. I only want to talk to you. Well, <laughs> I, I consider you a, a fellow fight against the mob, a fellow, fellow fighter against the, the mob, mob mentality against the mob, and I and I yeah. so I really appreciate you coming well, on. Thank you for the stands that you've taken and the work you've done. I'm a big fan of your uh, decisions and the work that you oh, do. So thank, thank you. you. It's very, a pleasure much. to be here. Thank you. Nice to meet you. To all of you. Yeah. Nice to Rosebud, meet you. Rosebud, Dan, Perry, you want to say something before we go? Well, yes. first of all, I feel we, there's more to Rosebud than we, than we, um, she can come on again next week if yeah. she wants. She'll come on again at another time. Uh, also, in case anyone's wondering, I'm hoping to finish the book. I'm working very slowly. <laughs> in, I'm hoping in, in sometime in mid to late 2020 or never. It'll either be 2020 or never. I'll either give up or it'll be done. I'm reading uh, Crime and Punishment and, right now, Dan. Yeah. And I and and I think that's a long one. Yeah, but I mean, if you just read that, I think you would. N- I just the talent. You never the, have to write a book again. I, mean, I just can't believe anybody came up with. It. Yeah, First but I'm not. It's I'm not, vast, yet it's very specific. There's. It's just. Right. It's and that's a translation. Yeah, it's just I'm unbelievable not, uh, that somebody could conceive all this. I'm not. It's just uh, unbelievable. They to didn't me. have TV. Looking then. to be. This is like Beethoven. For literature, yes. you, you should not be writing a book. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're yes. Well, that's the one of the great novels in history. I'm not I'm not uh, that ambitious. Yeah, I'm just trying to write. He's just trying to get Judd to write something. There is such a thing as bad novels, and some of them get published, and some of them sell well. Did you turn down Confederacy of Dunces? No. Oh, all right. Um, number one, number two. Um, yeah, that's about it, uh, all I have to say. And if, if nobody wants to publish it, I'll self-publish it, which is, you know, whatever. But but um, Finish it first. Amazon has a thing where they'll hook you up, uh, by the way. Self-publishing is not uh, as hard as it used to be. Anyway, um, sorry. We were doing uh, um, so well when we were going to end after. Yeah, we're going to end. And um, thank you very much. A podcast at ComedyCellar.com. Podcast at ComedyCellar.com. And wait, and follow us on Instagram at Live From The Table. What, what is there to follow us on Instagram? Because I pictures, post, I information. Okay. You're okay. the okay. only and, one. That's and not and on also <laughs> feedback for uh, you know podcast at comedycelly.com. Yeah, I prefer it uh, in an email, especially when it's bad, when it's public. You know, the whole world has to read it. Anyway, right? Podcast at comedycelly. Yeah, I said that right. You weren't listening. Okay. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>